You are listening to the Purpose of Money podcast, a podcast where we talk about ways to build wealth and create more freedom in your life today. I am your host, Aquania Escarnet. Hey guys, welcome back to the Purpose of Money podcast. I'm super excited because today we're going to talk to Marcus Garrett about how to get out of debt and create tons of side hustle income. Marcus Garrett is from the streets of great state of Texas, and he obtained a bachelor's of arts in business and administration and has work experience as a certified internal auditor, financial and data analyst. He is also a millennial who's gotten himself out of debt. He had 30,000 in debt and he got out of it in just a few months, 36 months or so. And He managed to build affiliate income through email marketing and in one year amassed a quarter of a million dollars. So we're going to get into how did he do all of this so that you can use these gems to get out of debt and create your side hustle income too. Hey, Marcus, welcome to The Purpose of Money. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. You have a very interesting story. And you've been in quite a few spaces. I've seen uh, from your bio, CBS News, USA Today, Market Watch, Money, like you're all over. Tell us a little bit more about you, though. So before we hop into what you do now and how you got out of 30000 in debt, I'd love to know what was money like for you when you were growing up? It's been a, a fascinating journey. I'll start with a recent example. Some people are on my community newsletter. Um, I've reached that point in influencer uh, threshold where your 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 profile starts getting copied. And so I had to Facebook pays me. I've been an influencer there for like two years. I got my bank account, my state ID. I think they even have my passport. And I had to prove that I was myself. And it's a very humbling journey because I'm going out here, like you said, looking for those articles and uh, some of them were a little bit old. I was like, man, am I am I worthy enough to be called an influencer in 2023? And I've passed up all these opportunities to write. I know we're going to talk a little bit about freelance <laughs> writing. So it's fascinating. I'm like, all these things aren't that important until they are. So my most recent journey is proving to Facebook and Instagram that I am myself. And anybody that tried to sell you crypto scams was not the Marcus Garrett, of which there's only one. Oh, man. And I hate that because sometimes Facebook makes it very difficult to prove who you are and then they never let you talk to a person so you can right. prove you're a person. So it right. totally it it confuses me as to how they come up with this criteria, what they need, what they don't. And I've actually been in battle with Meta to prove me, right? Like I was in charge of my own Facebook page for the purpose of money. And then they implemented dual authentication requirements. And I didn't see the notice because I had someone else helping me manage my ad account and my page. So they didn't tell me either. They just told me when I got shut out, right? Like, (laughs) hey, you can't access your page anymore because you didn't do dual authentication. So I immediately set it up, but then was required to go through the process to confirm my identity. And even after I confirmed my identity, they still argued that there was someone on my account who needed to take ownership of it before they can give ownership back to me. But the person was like, I'm not seeing this Facebook account on my account. I don't have access to it anymore. Like I'm not even on it. So I was literally struggling to find a person who could 
be in charge of it until I could get promoted back to administrator instead of the employee with no rights. And I never figured it out, to be honest. So I just came up and was like, Facebook's not my platform anymore. Let me focus somewhere else. But I love that um, you've, you've, you've reached that point that I also tend to notice is the influencer hotspot when they start to clone your page, pretend to be you. Um, but I just still feel like they need to find a solution to that because there are people who are falling for it. Um, mm-hmm. I have another friend in our community of, you know, w- people of color who deal with personal finance and she has a huge following, like um, I think a hundred thousand or so, but somebody contacted her after they had given a scammer $30,000. And I was like, how do so, you, yeah, how do you I, give, how do you give a stranger you've never seen or met $30,000 and then even afterwards, I don't, I just don't know. I don't know how that works. That's why I start there. Um, far as I know, my stories aren't that nefarious shit. I actually found out because a number of people, I mean, this has been a plight of Facebook right. since like the found, founding of Facebook, now Meta. Um, so I've, I've ignored it over the years. I'm like, people want to duplicate me, you know, if they're not causing any harm, uh, what, who cares? And they started contacting people, like you said, asking for money. In this case, uh, someone said they were, it's a crypto scam or something like mm-hmm. that. So I'm like, well, I can't be in a personal finance space with somebody using my likeness and name selling fake crypto. And then I, I assume it was a guy because he started flirting with women. So then women are like, why are you, I'm married. <laughs> so, so women are like, yeah, hey, yeah. Why are you in my DMs? <laughs> I'm like, yo, 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 that is not me. You know, that's Marcus Garrett or Russia, Marcus Garrett, the Marcus Garrett been over here minding his business happily married. Hey, thank and you. so, yeah, you kind of have to, I guess I should have taken uh, it more seriously when I had an opportunity to, and it's kind of a twofold journey. Now, when I'm trying to verify and prove myself to Facebook, I'm like, man, I wish I had written more articles so Facebook would see these articles from 2023 because, you know, Facebook would be like, man, these old articles, these ain't you. Uh, <laughs> so it's just, it's just funny, you know, coming full circle. And I, I'm actually reading a book, uh, Simon Sinek right now, uh, Find Your Why, just yeah. really kind of figuring out what's my plan and path for 2023. So this whole thing has just been an, an intersection of, of madness that has kind of really um, grounded me in, in where to go to next. I love that. I actually love that book. So I will definitely drop it in the show notes. But finding your why is so important because it helps you focus and and stay focused. And there's another book I recommend. Um, Oh, it's the one by Keller Williams and one of his partners. But Keller Williams is the huge in the real estate space. He wrote a book, um, Your One, Finding Your One Thing. And like literally honing that one thing to perfection. And then you use the income from that one thing to build other streams of income. So knowing your lane, mastering it, and then expanding. So I love both of those books and we'll leave notes, um, the links in the show notes. So let's hop back to your journey. Let's backtrack. You were in debt before, and then you wrote a book, Get Out of Debt or Die Trying. How did you get 30,000 K in debt? And what were some of your strategies to get out of it? The 15 minute version is I spent it was about $30,000 in debt and I accumulated $26,000 of that in about a 72 hour period. Um, and it, it sounds more grandiose than it is. So I graduated college with about $9,000 in debt. I was 22 years old. 
Um, and I got an offer for what is now kind of seamless consolidation loan. To me, it was just some pretty marketing with, you know, a bunch of probably persons of colors on the front. So kudos to their marketing team. And I was like, all right. And I think I signed up for it must have been somewhere between 15 to 18,000. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna consolidate all this debt. And in my mind, I'd never had a job making more than $7 an hour. I was like, they're going to pay off all these creditors. I'm a, you know, I got a business degree now. So I'm about to be out here with these white parties with P Diddy, you know, putting the, the, the game on his ear. And it didn't quite work that way. My first job was $19,000, 19600 And I remember it so specifically because it was so low. Got my consolidation loan in the mail and they sent a 22-year-old a 30000 or, okay, $18,000 check at that time. And I was like, you know, it's time to buy some stuff. <laughs> at least that, that's what 22-year-old me did. Uh, I didn't pay. I think I paid off one credit card. It was three credit cards. None were maxed. I'm like really proud of that. I'm like, none were maxed, though. You know, I wasn't at rock bottom. <laughs> Um, so long story short, bought a car with rims. Uh, I tell you it was twenties, but I think there was 17 and before it was all said and done, you know, that 18% interest loan that a lot of people have a story about. Uh, and then I had $30,000 of debt in the 72 hour period and a great story, which I continue to tell to this day. And then, uh, when I finally got serious about getting out of debt, I, I ended up living the story, which would become the book debt free or die trying. Okay. Okay. So what are your go-to first steps when you want to get out of debt? So you acknowledged you had a problem. You'd gone into debt in 72 hours and then those, those checks were due, right? Some those mm -hmm. creditors were looking for their money. So what were the first steps you took? I think surprising to most people is to stop. Um, I didn't stop after that. A lot of people were like, oh, well, you know, you figured it out at 23. It was 27 before I got serious about a plan because I think people can relate to this now, especially if we are going into a recession. It's impressive how long you can make a minimum payment on a credit card or debt without realizing the tsunami of uh, debt that's going to be coming your way. So I was just making the minimum payments and I, I was happy because I, I thought I had more money than I did. And I was living, you know, a life that looked good until mm -hmm. I reached rock bottom and it all the tsunami for me was I missed one payment and that credit card must have had it had thousands of dollars of debt on it. But I know I'm not even going to say the name. <laughs> I'm still waiting for them to sue me the way I've been talking about them over the years. But I do know the interest rate went from 18 or whatever it was to 29.9 percent overnight. And it was a card that I'd had since college, since I was 18, since they had me sign up in the mall, like so many other 18 year olds that mm -hmm. are now legal. You know, I was walking through the mall. They signed me up for three credit cards. And I was like, yo, I'm just going to call my boys up. You know, this is obviously a misunderstanding. <laughs> I was like, yo, I need this. Uh, I need this interest rate lower, guys. I, I can't make this. I can barely make the minimum payments. And they were like, you know, basically they were like, good luck. You know, we hope mm. to see our payment next month. And so I made a series of both immature and ignorant. I was like, I'm closing this card, you know, like I'm, I'm bringing this, I'm bringing this company down to his knees. <laughs> so I closed the card, messed up my credit score, but I called that night rock bottom. That was the night I was like, I'll, I'll never be in this position again. So in my book, I go over four, but to be quick, I'll go over two. So what I did at that time is just put a plan together. And okay. I feel that most people have never done this. They've never sat down and, and, and run all the numbers. I remember I was on that phone call. And he's like, you know, what's your credit score? I think the only thing I knew was my home address. He's like, what's your credit score? How much income do you have? What is your debt duration? I couldn't answer none of these questions. It was embarrassing, you know, and, um, you know, I'm already ticked off. I'm already in a bad situation. And I'm sure he's just going through his uh, industry uh, script or whatever. But like it it really just ticked me off. That was like one of the worst experiences of my life. I, every time I tell the story, I just, you know, I feel my temperature rise and I can just feel myself getting hot all over again. 
So number one, I put a plan together that night. And um, to give y'all some concept, uh, I, I went to Yahoo. I don't even think Google existed. So like, you know, I've had some time to, to make mistakes, trials and tribulations and get this right. Step four, obviously skipping two and three is once you've gotten a little bit more advanced, what I recommend people do today, and they're pretty ubiquitous now, you can find them everywhere, is to get a um, a debt to income calculator or a pay down calculator. Bankrate has some great tools. Bankrate mm-hmm, is actually mm-hmm. the same one I used and guess that was 09. I actually don't even remember when that was. I was 27. Um, and so to really put together a plan and know how much money you should be paying each month to get out of debt, you need a, a debt calculator. Mm-hmm. And now I just tell people to jump to that step because it's a step people fear the most. And yet it is the most important to know what you really owe and how much you're really going to have to pay every month to get out of debt. Mm, that's really good. And I do have a go-to debt payoff calculator that I will put a link to in the show notes. Um, but I agree with you because that gives you full visibility on how long you're going to pay that debt. And it also shows you the interest you're going to end up paying. And so if that number scares you, you can increase your payments so you pay it off faster or you can figure out what should be the best attack plan, you know, like attacking your higher interest at first and maybe doing the avalanche or snowball methods to get out of debt as a whole. But I agree with you. A plan is essential because without a plan, you're planning to fail and you are not clear on what's happening. And so at least a plan gives you something to follow and some understanding. So I think that's really good. And I I agree when you're creating that plan, once you're like, I want to get out of debt, um, definitely stop accumulating it if possible. And then prioritize your payments based on your plan, right? So knowing visibly the debt is going to cost you this much in interest and I'm going to have to make these monthly payments. And realistically, can you do that? So um, what were some of the things you did to accelerate your debt pay- being paid off so quickly? I know that you are a writer as well, but was freelance writing literally done because you were looking to pay off debt or is that a skill you discovered later? So the four steps from the book, the debt is actually an acronym. Now I've I've released a second version in 2020. The original was 2016. So D is define the plan. E is establish the plan. B is build a budget, like you said, because a lot of people have a plan to fail because they have no plan in action. And then T is to trust the process because now you've got a plan around how long it's going to take for you to get out of that debt. Um, I I would say I stumbled into freelance writing. Uh, My my brother-in-law kind of says that I'm Forrest Gump in my way through life. It's just I just kind of stumble into what have fortunately been, I, I stumble up, you know, I, I stumble forward and, and I stumble my way into being fraudulently uh, <laughs> uh, copied on Instagram now. So who knows what's next? And so for, I don't think freelance writing was a means I did eventually get paid by it, but I got into freelance writing by blogging um, at that time. Like, uh, well, everyone my age, it felt like it just, uh, just talking about like what was going on in my life. It was the the start of the influencer generation had I known it. But, you know, just like my life is interesting and other people need to know about it. In hindsight, it was just the life of some 27 year old living in Denver. But (laughs) about 10,000 people a month showed up to read it. And then a team of seven (laughs) black uh, individuals reached out to me. It's like, hey, we're starting up like uh, this Voltron uh, team over here, writers, and you want to move over here. And through that, I started getting paid by some classics now, Madame Noir, and just um, going around to blogs like here's a talent that I have. But I do. I feel like we were the start, I'm a millennial, we were the start of the senior millennial to be technical. Mm -hmm. 
of the influencer, the slasher generation. I think what is normal now, uh, like the Instagram, or excuse me, LinkedIn, where everybody has 20 job roles <laughs> in their title. I think we were at the beginning of that and we didn't realize it. So I just did it as a means of something I enjoyed, mm-hmm. which I happened to derive passive income from. And I'll kind of end with where we begin. Now that I have a business in my second year, this would be 2023 is my second year, an incorporated business in my name. Now is really I'm kind of unpacking what a business plan looks like and mm-hmm. how to, is this a sustainable model? Um, we started with, you know, I made six figures in sales and, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, and you can retire off that. So did I. I thought so too. Uh, no, you cannot. <laughs> in so taxes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Turns out you can. Uh, and so now I'm looking at like, oh, like if I want, for me, uh, mm-hmm. the kind of lifestyle that I want to have, I should very caveat that, is um, I'm looking at a seven-figure business. So how does Marcus scale a seven-figure business? And then I am circling back. Um, I'm reading those same MSNBC and CNBC articles as everybody else. Oh, he, he made six figures in, in seven months. So I was like, that sounds good. <laughs> and I'm trying to recreate those models in my business. I was looking at TaskRabbit earlier today. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the one that you were speaking to, it was uh, lucrative affiliate contracts, which I, I still get. Um, and I built a sales funnel page. Well, I can't say I, I, I mm-hmm. once again, working with a great partnership team, my graphic designer, which y'all can see at themarketsgarrett.com, built out an amazing sales funnel. And we just ha- we had an amazing 16 month run. Now I'm chasing that high again. Like, like mm. you said, you get to the top of the mountain to realize there are more mountains to climb. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I like, I just want to kind of pick apart some of the things you said, because, you know, I started freelance writing in 2015 when I started doing reading articles myself. And I noticed this one article that said Americans do not have $500 saved for an emergency. So for most Americans, uh, unexpected car repair medical expense throws them off budget and they suddenly find themselves getting payday loans or using credit cards. So I started a savings challenge on Facebook to get people to save money each week. And then I said, oh, let me throw in some more tips. And then I was like, this is really fun. So just like you, I found a passion. I didn't even know I had. I enjoyed it. And then I said, what else could I do to help people? Now, you did what most people did and created a blog. I actually took three years before I did that step because I thought to myself, why don't I make money writing for someone else? Like, I love to write about money and I didn't have a platform. So I was like, let me look for other platforms. So I literally Googled, how do you become a freelance writer? And Google said... Go to Upwork, you know, create a freelance profile, start writing some articles for individuals for free, get that real estate on online. Well, I got really lucky in that I put a profile on on Upwork, found a person looking for freelance writers. It was the perfect match. Shout out to Damian Peters of Wealth Noir. And literally he hired me and we wrote together for five years um, before I decided I don't want to do freelance writing anymore. I like to do email marketing instead, but I, but it's writing is writing for me. It is something I love, but I love how you went into it for the passion, which is how most people discover things they can do all day if they needed to. And they don't feel like they did it all day, you know? 
Um, but now you're turning that passion into a legitimate business. So what are some of the things, can you describe a little bit more as far as the sales funnel and like, where did you find the products that you were willing to promote to your audience? How did you know that that was what you wanted to sell versus, um, taking every single opportunity? It's interesting that you end the question that way, because that's how it began. I, I took every single opportunity. <laughs> And burn myself out. But that's why I I think it's important. I'm trying to pull out the threads as we're going through this interview. Mm. For me, it was reemphasizing on what my why is because I could, uh, in my my fourth fourth decade around the sun, reverse engineer that uh, process that I did in my 20s, but I don't want to, nor do I really think I have the energy to do so because I remember at least for me, the writing I was doing, how long it would take to do that. And mm-hmm. and it, it kind of moved away a little bit that I lost my um, passion for it, still making about the same amount of money. And then as my uh, coworker actually told me, you know, you get those golden handcuffs. So I'm making good money. I cannot deny that I'm making good money from the nine to five, deriving little to no purpose from it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have this thing that I, I like slash love deriving little money from it uh, or not a sustainable money compared to the nine to five that I'm making. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. Uh, I've been talking to my wife a lot about this. Of It would actually be much easier just to work the nine to five. It would, in, you know, the, at least uh, easier in that I know what that pathway looks like and I can map it for the next 20 years and mm-hmm. reasonably because I'm an auditor reasonably probably within 3% tell how myself and her, how much money I'm going to make for the next 20 years. Um, but that is not what drives me. That is not what moves mm-hmm. me. So I think some people might want to focus on that and and that you can do both. So I kind of have to give mm-hmm. that asterisk, that spill. Kind of what the, you have a question there? No, no, I was, <laughs> I, I'm just so in, I'm, this is very timely. Let me just, I'm going to get into that when you're done, but this is very timely because we have gone through a pandemic and so mm-hmm. many people- yes were working their butts off at jobs they didn't like and then suddenly found an opportunity to work from home or to be remote or to incorporate things in their life they do want to do because they realized life is short. So it's just it's just really interesting what you're saying. But let me let's hop into that when you finish your thought. No. And then on. So on the other side of that, I just looked at because I'm really you know black and white when it comes to the book. So I just looked at what was deriving the most income. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually worked with a business coach for about, I think, 12 months or so. Uh, and that's another thing I like to go to. And I'm I have the privilege to be at a point where I can pay it like I'm about to go into a mastermind right now. And it just it came across my email. He's like, hey, we're only going to work with 25. I was like, hey, wife, I'm about to expend this amount of money. <laughs> FYI, it's about to hit the card. Uh, she's like, that's fine. She's, she wasn't like, that's fine, because I'm always fascinated about something, jumping into some mastermind or the other. But that's another you know, privilege that I have here is that I can go to a graphic designer and go, hey, build this $6,000 website, you know, because I have a nine to five that could pay for that. And then I'll figure out how to derive sales for it. Now, what's going to derive sales might not be what aligns with my passion. It's under my purpose. It's under my business. My my most lucrative sales is obviously going to be one-on-one coaching. Um, but I don't particularly like doing one-on-one coaching, uh, more so because it doesn't tap into my personality. My space is not my love language. My business language, I guess, in this case, would be. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating to me that I, I I write up what I think is a good plan. And usually the biggest issue is people don't follow. 
Then they come back yeah. and say the plan doesn't work. I'm like, well, did it? Because you didn't do six of 10 yeah. steps. <laughs> so, and so I've actually, yeah, actively tried to avoid um, making coaching the most lucrative line item in my business. Second would be speaking. But as you said, the pandemic came and speaking went to zero. It was actually my most lucrative going into the pandemic. Yeah. Some people can hear and some people have heard I do voiceover work, but, you know, voiceover work takes a long time. It's a lot of back and forth. So I just I'm looking at all these ways in which I derive known income. Mm. Which ones do I want to do? And then which ones do I have to do? Mm. Uh, and for me, that's that's how you build at least, at least a one man business, a solopreneur business. Mm -hmm. from that. Like I, I have it in an Excel spreadsheet. It's like 10. Excuse me. I think it's six, six what I'm calling uh, KPIs, key performance indicators. Mm -hmm. I'm going to focus on this year to reverse engineer that income that I was making in year one because I uh, started getting, well, unfocused on discipline. Mm -hmm. um, I, mm -hmm. I know what the things are that make money and then now putting them out there. And a lot of people have seen that. They're like, you are putting out an amazing amount of content. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's not fun. I think you would know as a content oh, producer, yeah. there's, there's weekends where, or days, I wouldn't even say weekends, there are days where I don't want to hit record. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't hit record. Ain't no money going to come in. So uh, so that that's a little bit like a, what it looks like on the yeah. ground. I think my top items are um, speakers, number one, two, because uh, I got to book them. Course coaching, affiliates, which, you know, I can sell other people's courses and affiliates as well. Mm -hmm. uh, for those who are unfamiliar, affiliate link is pretty straightforward. You have a product that you can sell. If you use my link or some people call it a referral link, I get paid an agreed upon contract or percentage for that. Mm -hmm. So. Pretty simple. Uh, if their book sells, I make I make um, mm -hmm. I make money. Book is probably not the best example because I just I tell people I love my book. I love speaking about it. I make four dollars a book. It's mm. on the list, but it's very low. Mm. I would have to sell two thousand right. to hit the numbers that mm. I want to hit. You know, and that might happen, but it, your book is a lead generator in itself, right? Because now someone says, "Oh, he's been on these networks. He also has a book." Let's book him to speak at our conference and oh maybe we give everyone a copy of the book while he's here right so we we both have attended a financial conference for money nerds where they do that all the time the headliner speaker is also giving you a copy of their book or aka the conference paid for through our fees the book right and that may be a part of the agreement so i totally get it and i'm just like you 15 year career um using my career as my first investor into my business, right? And being very strategic in that as my investor, you're going to pay my bills so that I can be ambitious outside of work and do other things. But at some point, um, the business had to be self-funded, self-profitable, you know, profitable, which it has been, but it took time. So I did use, you know, seed money from myself to get started, to create the first website, to get the domains. But then after we started generating income, the business had to support itself. So I love that. And I think that realistically, that's how a lot of entrepreneurs are made. I know it looks sexy on social to take that leap and, you know, wake up one day and say, I'm not going to nobody's job. I'm my own boss. But most people don't start that way. <laughs> and if they do, it's very few, right, who are able right. to really do that um, without some type of system, right? In your case, right. you do have a spouse. I'm assuming you have a head over a roof over your head and, you know, like the ability to lean on each other 
Others may be single and trying to figure out life, um, entrepreneurship and business, but they may have the advantage of living at home. I've had a lot of guests on my podcast who stayed home with their parents longer than most would have liked, but that's how they cut out a major expense in their lifestyle, which is living, right? Your housing. So there's different ways to do it. But I think those are really good tips that you gave as far as realistically looking at what skills you have and how can they be monetized and then creating a plan to target those. And yes, I'm a huge, I do send emails to my audience, but I do promote courses for the things I don't teach. And I feel you on the coaching. Like it takes a lot of energy and strength to do coaching. And most of it is because people will do half of what you say and then expect a hundred percent of your results. And you're like, how does that math work? (laughs) That's not not how that works, sis. It's difficult for the auditors. So (laughs) my my wife knows she's like, just coach, just coach, just coach. I'm like, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. And and my thing is like, I'm re- I like to do one-on-one because I do feed off of other people's energy and I love to see those um, success stories in one person. But these days, influencers are pushing group coaching where you don't get that one-on-one attention, sis. You're going to get group and you're going to put your questions in the chat and or in advance. And then we're going to go through this hour, hour and a half together. And then I'm going to be out and I'll see you in two weeks. And I, I don't know. I just, I struggle with that because... I don't thrive in that environment and I'm just always worried about the the receiving end of it. I know for some people that is some of my clients' main business model and it works for them and that's great, but I struggle with the um feeling good about what you're doing because it's not necessarily your favorite way to receive information and having that balance. I think I think there just has to be a balance. And so I like how you also said you worked with a business coach because they can kind of help you get out of your own way with things like that. Cause that, that was my situation where I got a business coach and that's when I hit six figures because she showed me what I needed to do, like hire staff to help me do the things that I was struggling to do because I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not a website designer. And I was trying to build my own WordPress site. And she was like, why you just don't contract that out? Like, what are you doing? You know, you spent 20 hours and you could have paid someone to do it in four, you know, or um, it's time for you to get a virtual assistant, you know? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I have enough money to pay a virtual assistant. And she was like, you hire a virtual assistant who can take admin tasks off your hands and you will make more money. Trust me, because you'll be available to do the things you love and that make you money, right? Instead of sitting here going back and forth on email. So I think that's important. And I think even as a solo entrepreneur, you still have to think like that, right? Like maybe you do part-time virtual help, right? Not necessarily a full-time employee um, and use that to your advantage. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, uh, it's not ingenious, but I actually heard it a few years ago and it's, you know, you, you hear something and, and you might not be mature enough to um, to run with the advice, but someone said, just make it easy to, for people to pay you. And I was overcomplicating <laughs> building websites and do I use Stripe or PayPal? Just, you know, stupid questions that really mm-hmm. just procrastination um, to allow me to procrastinate. Mm-hmm. But then I just built out a landing page. I use BookMe, uh, but the software you should be agnostic to. And it's like, here's the services I offer. 
And here's the price points. I offer those services. No discounts, no coupon. I'm past discounts and coupon stage. Uh, and that's cool. If I'm not the one for you, there's a, there's 15 years of free stuff out here with my name by it that Facebook doesn't believe is me, but I assure you it was written by <laughs> D Marcus Garrett. And you know, that that's also an avenue that you take podcasts is free as well. Um, but if you want to work with me, as you said, individually, or I do group coaching as well, these are the services here where they could find them. And here's a very simple, easy way to, to, to pay me. And then I do a lot of the behind the scenes now, cause mm -hmm. I think that intimidates people too. It's like, you go here, click this, buy this, and I'll send everything to you and roll you to all the classes. I do agree. People should just show up and be successful. Yes. I love that. So the name of the podcast is called the purpose of money. So I do ask all of my guests this question. What is your purpose for money? I'm glad you asked because I can tie it to my why statement, my current Yay. why statement. I won't curse on this show. Okay, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> and, and honestly, I'm still working through it. Uh, I'm on page 100 to 200 of the book. But my why statement is to reach financial freedom so I can do whatever that I want. You want to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you had talked to a little bit about your listeners. And I just I'm at a point in my life where I want to control my my journey, my destiny, mm -hmm. what I do and when I do it, how I do it and why I do it. Mm -hmm. And I came to that through the pandemic during an interview, which I bombed, did not get the job. And I remember the first question was, what excites you about this position? And I was a deer in headlights because <laughs> nothing, nothing beyond the paycheck. I am only here to make more money. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's not appropriate for an interview. So I was like, uh, 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 where's the job description? And I left that interview. I bombed the rest because, you know, you stumbled out of the gate. And I, I remember I was I was so upset. Like, what kind of stupid, how dare they ask me that? Why, why would I be excited about the position? Who cares? I filled out a job description. Clearly, you think my resume aligns. But I, I thought about that for weeks. And I was like, you know, am I going about my entire life wrong, only pursuing jobs for money? And mm -hmm. it, it ultimately ended up to this journey we are here today, brings us to present day. But I, I pivoted like that month because it just put me in such a reflective pace of Maybe I should look for more from life than just Monday to Friday and jobs I'm not excited about. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Do what excites you and get money so you can do whatever you want. I love that. That's a great answer. And it's the truth. So um, thank you so much, Marcus. This is a really good conversation just to kind of <laughs> recap your debt journey, some tips to get out of debt on your own timeline, because you made the plan, you got to get out of it. And then talking about how you've been able to monetize your skills. I think this will be really valuable to my listeners. Before we go, can you please share all of the links or the main one that people can go to and find you? I send people to one place. I don't want to be a hypocrite from earlier. So they can find everything from coaching to the podcast. The podcast is The Marcus Garrett Show, where you learn more, earn more, and save more at themarcusgarrett.com. If you happen to be listening on a podcast platform right now, just look me up at The Marcus Garrett Show. I love it. If you like this show, guys, don't forget to like it, review it five stars if you can, and share it with those who need to hear it. Until next time, keep building generational wealth. Thank you for listening to the Purpose of Money podcast. For more resources and information, check out my website, thepurposeofmoney.com. And while you're there, please sign up for our newsletter so you have the latest information on new episodes and blog posts. Until next time, keep creating freedom in your life today.